destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. I uh I don't have a NOS today. I bought a uh Ramuni. Is that how you say it? Ramune. Ramune. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had one of these before. They're good. Uh, just like so, wanna uh, flavored seltzer, basically. Great. Okay, this is why. Yeah. No, it's fuck. You gotta push them hard. Oh, I see. It, it actually like depresses on the inside. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I thought it was. You had down. to push the. Yeah, I thought you had to push the whole like cap down, not like the center of it. I didn't know that like popped off in there. Okay. Yeah, all right. Great. Tastes terrible. All right. <laughs> what flavor did you get? <laughs> I just got the original one. Oh. Why? Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, well, I figured if I want to try a new drink, I should try like the regular, just this it, is the base flavor. Isn't that just like I wanted to get water? The... No, it's, got, it's like sweeter than that. Mm. I like should, the grape. It's like loaded with sugar. That's So I almost got the grape. Because that sounded pretty good. Yeah, but, grapes uh, good. Yeah. The um, what is it? lychee is terrible. It tastes like perfume. Oh, that sounds gross. I need yeah, to try that. It's really, really bad. <laughs> uh, the grape is good. Uh, orange is all right. Mm. Grape soda is like really good in general, and I just can't find any like diet grape soda, well, like not, grape soda that doesn't have any sugar in it. It's not grape soda. But yes, I also like grape soda. Yeah. Romanay anyway. is kind of like uh, La Croix, uh, but not Yeah, terrible. no, you said it right. Yep. <laughs> That's, That's how you how say La Croix. We had a whole podcast about this, and you learned nothing. We were supposed to be talking about JoJo's Bizarre you Adventure, really, I think, but we didn't do that. You really have no ground to stand on when I'm doing a bit, <laughs> and you do things like that constantly on accident. <laughs> Uh, what news is going so, on? What's the news of the world starring Tom Hanks? I got some news that is maybe uh, more on a personal level. I mean, it affects both of us. Muppet Me Show more than on you. Disney Plus. Well, no, but that is that also is very personal and affects both of us. That's right. Uh, I might need to get a Disney Plus subscription now. I just watch the Muppets. I just wonder what edits they've done or what episodes are actually going to be there. Because it's not going to be everything Like they specifically said like All five seasons are streaming Not all episodes uh, And then other Wait, episodes would... Will probably have chunks cut out Music licensing Okay I was going to ask if it's like A Space Ghost sort of thing Where yeah. th- there's clips and such that they can't use And so they can't release all of it Yeah basically So 
That's also why Muppet Babies will never be available anywhere. I'm okay with that. I don't Uh, need to see... I don't need to see babies in my Muppets. Muppet Babies was good. I was playing Spyro 3, and one of the little, like, uh, dragons you save has a pacifier in its mouth, and I screamed and screamed and shut the game off. Uh, And I have not finished Spyro 3. I'm scared of babies. Larry, you know this about me. I did finish Spyro 3. It's done. You I need to see somebody about your baby thing. <laughs> it's starting to interfere do. with your life. <laughs> uh, no, my news is that Betty White still alive. Yeah. 99 years old. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So I have Clute, uh, which is the movie that I won from our last Deadpool, uh, but I made a secret that with myself that I did not tell you about that was also contingent on whether Betty White lived or died. And uh, now I'm fucked. Okay. I, I wagered with myself that if Betty White does not die in 2020, I would have to commit to finishing... Uh, platinuming Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Uh, so I have now spent the last two nights playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, trying to get all the achievements in it, and all I feel is pain. Why would I do this to myself, Larry Davis? I don't know. Because you're stupid? I. Well, definitely. Uh, I have to beat all of the silver main levels, uh, get an S rank in all of them, get an S rank in all the hard versions of his level, which weirdly is like easier. It's easier to do that on the hard levels because uh, they like a difficulty multiplier on your score. Not quite. So the the way that scoring works in that game is you your your largest chunk comes from beating the level quickly. Uh, and then you get uh, enemies defeated and however many rings you end the level with, that gives you another multiplier. In hard mode, the amount of points awarded to you for beating it quickly, like there is a, uh, it, it's more generous. Like whatever points you would have gotten, add two minutes onto that and you would still get that amount of points, basically. And they drop in harder enemies, which they give you more points. So you can kind of just, if you're killing everybody, you can finish the level more slowly and you can still get the S-Ring. Um, Yeah. Then I got to do all the, like, town missions for Silver, and I predict that's going to be the part that's a real fucker. I mean, Because, of course, like, famously, if you fail those, you go through, like, two loading screens and they take forever. Oh, yeah, famously. Um, The... I'm not really sure why you're doing this, considering last time you had a self-bet, it was that if Betty White didn't die, you would buy and watch the entirety of Hot in Cleveland, which you never did. I am waiting for it to become more affordable. And also there was the time... I've been waiting for years, but I'm still waiting. When you said that if it was not actually Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid V, you would eat a hat. I don't remember doing that. And, no, I'm pretty sure you, I didn't make that and bet. And you have yet to do that either, so... Oh, shit, I spilled marble soda all over me. Oh, God. My life's a fucking mess. Anyway, Hitman 3 is out tomorrow. I'm very excited. My copy is not shipped yet, which just means I have more time to play Sonic 2006. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, that's what you get. Honestly, I think it'll probably be unplayable for tomorrow anyway because of server issues. That's my prediction. 
I am kind of okay with not getting mine until the weekend so I can actually like sit down and put some time into it instead of being like, okay, well, I can't fuck around as much as I want to because I need to go to work. Okay, well, I'm off now until the weekend, so. No, oh, I thought you were going to stay forever. No, I might actually still have a job. That's a bummer. Kind of a bummer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to that vacation. Yes, I was, actually. On the government's dime. Mm-hmm. Well. I'll just be poor forever. I mean, I'm I'm going to end up, like, with this extension to my job, and then they'll end up firing me for no good reason, like, two months from now or something, and then I won't be able to get unemployment, and I'll just be screwed. Not hey, be good screwed times? like those people at the movies. Yeah, what? Good, good times. times? Good times. All right, yeah. <laughs> Hey, at least I'll have Hitman 3. That's better than nothing, I guess. Any other Look, you news? wanted to talk about Hitman. This is a podcast about video games, not Larry Davis losing his job. No, I don't have any other news. There's nothing yeah, else guess really what? going It's on. also not a podcast about Ramane. It's not a podcast yes, about is. Betty White. It's not a podcast about Sonic 06, that's for damn sure. But you... Have to bring all of these up So guess what None of those things are depressing Well except for Betty White still being <laughs> They're alive They're all depressing <laughs> Especially Sonic 06 That's the most depressing of all of it Oh look Hitman 3 is coming out Are you excited for it Yes of course Alright so am I Maybe we'll talk about it next week Maybe. Assuming mine actually ships I don't know anymore the way Amazon has been, I've not had stuff like consistently like even leave. So. Is there any other news? No, there's nothing going on. Great. I already said there's then not. Let... It's not been much of a news week. Like video games, really, like early January doesn't seem like there's much kind of going on anyway. Because it's just like, hey, here's what got slated coming out this year. At best, you get a few like, ah, something got delayed. So, well, then I can tell you. I have finished Mafia Definitive Edition, which is a remake of Mafia. Maybe you've heard of it because I talked about it last week. Uh, it's good. I liked it. Um, a lot of odd changes to the original game. I think most of the changes are for the better. Obviously, it looks better. Uh, characters like they're like facial captured now. I I don't really like I don't like Tommy the way they changed him. He's much more gruff than he was originally. Also, everybody has Chicago accents now, and I don't like Chicago accents. They're no, Chicago the, accents are the worst. One of the most unpleasing things to the ear possible. But that's yeah. just weird to me because Lost Heaven never read as Chicago to me. Um, it's like this weird mishmash of American cities, which is like. So this remake was made by Hangar 13 Which is a developer uh, Based in California And they made Mafia 3 also And I like Mafia 3 Also Can't say 2 Mafia 3, 3, 2 They have dress spheres now That's the thing uh, Tommy Angelo, you can turn into a samurai Or a gunner Can I turn him into a moogle? Uh, yeah, sure, why not mm, Okay, maybe I need to finally play Mafia so, the original games, 1 and 2, were made by 
Well, the first one was Illusion Softworks, which later became 2K Czech, and they are a Czech developer. And so those games were like we had talked about when we were doing a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is that it is America as viewed by people who have never been to America but have just watched a bunch of movies. And yeah. that was part of what made it interesting. And so now you have this sort of I don't want to say hyper-realistic version of it because it's not. The city's still a mishmash like it was before where it's like equal parts. New York. I guess there's some Chicago in there. A lot of San Francisco. Like half of it's probably San Francisco more than anything. And some L.A., I guess. But it's Um, like if somebody took JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and they were U.S.-based and they adapted it and they made a bunch of corrections to it to make it more accurate. Yeah, if they were U.S. based and JoJo pilled, yes. Um, okay. But sucking some of the soul out of like what made the original quirky yeah. is what it sounds like to me. Also, I'm just gonna say like the voice actors in the original were mostly better, uh, and I get that this time they were doing like the facial capture things so that had actual people acting it out, and some of them are very good. Uh, the new Don Salieri, especially, is really good. Uh, the guy guy who is very much in the Paul Sorvino mold, which is good for Salieri. Uh, Sam is very good. I do not like New Pauly at all. He gets better later on when his like arc starts happening and he has more pathos to him, just like in the original. Uh, the story is unchanged from the original one. The script has changes here and there. We'll get into that in a bit, but uh, it is the same story. As the original But um, <laughs> The original Polly was Definitely Joe Pesci from Goodfellas And this one is Not he, He's just like kind of a weird little Freak uh, But not in the same way Like, Speak of the Chicago accents When I first started out and I heard him Talking like that I thought The reference was they changed him from P- Pesci in Goodfellas to Pesci in Casino but then everybody was talking that way, so I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. So do you well, wish why? that they just You got it, this... boss. Everybody get in the car. That kind of stuff. But Yeah, you say coffee, but it's got like a W in the middle of it. It's the thing that I remember most from when I lived in Chicago, because it would drive me insane. Yeah, uh, the worst accent. <laughs> I, lived, I lived near Chicago for about, probably about like, now five years and i never got acclimated to the accent it's still like one of the most unpleasant things to hit my ears See, to uh, me, but like that doesn't really seem like a chicago thing to me it seems like uh like a brooklyn thing i hate like most I think chicago american like accents yeah I, I hate most american accents though is kind of my thing like except for the way that like you and i talk that kind of like more flat Midwestern accent Yeah it's just like regular Midwestern I guess Yeah it's like how a normal person talks Instead of like whatever the fuck's going on in Brooklyn Sure Uh, Or New Jersey god forbid Like the main thing with Um, the the Midwestern accent we have Is that people tend to say pin And pen interchangeably Like that's kind of the main thing Although like I've become uh, Conscious of that enough that I try to Not do that yeah, I have certain words that I put like a drawl onto, or like people have told me that, and like I don't notice it, but it might be because I've lived in like 
10 different places and so i've picked up weird things over time i don't know uh i also Maybe just don't like think it's good yeah sure <laughs> i'm oh god heaven forbid like if i spend a week in britain and then i come back and i just talk like total trash uh -huh. um well, no know, but that's what i wanted reason, to ask you like is... the uh the kennedys have such a weird accent right no they they were like raised in England and then came up back to the US and that's why they all have such a bizarre accent to be fair you could be bullshitting me with that and I would completely believe it no, because like that, that kind of sounds right to me yeah that's that makes sense that's why that's what I've heard yeah because nobody what's else the... sounds like the Kennedys is the thing what's the like Mr. Feeney Accent. That's like a specific accent where it's more like considered a sort of upper class American accent. Okay. It's kind of like a fanciness to it. You know what I'm talking about? Like no. Mr. Feeney is the the one thing I can like the character I can point to and be like that. That's what it sounds like. Who's Mr. Feeney? From Boy Meets World. Oh. Remember the old guy that for no. some reason follows the main character to like every school he's ever been to, which is kind of creepy. Nope, I do not remember that. I remember the well, main kid whatever. in Topanga, and that's it. I I remember the main kid Topanga, Mr. Feeney, and then uh, Ethan Suplee was in a few episodes. That's pretty much all I remember of Boy Meets World. Uh, anyway, Mafia. The thing yeah. I wanted to ask you is, would you have pre preferred this as something like Demon Souls? Uh, where they are slavishly yes. following the original, at least in terms of like the story and the presentation of that, but try to make the gameplay more approachable. Because I know you had like issues with the racing in the game. Yeah, um, I think so. So yeah. well, even then, though, the gameplay is kind of accurate to the original, and the enemies are still bullet sponges. Uh, in a way that they really shouldn't be So I played it on classic difficulty Classic uh, w Which is the highest one And specifically The main feature there uh, Which is something I forgot to mention about the original Though it was like one of the defining features in it Was that in the original Mafia If you reloaded a gun You lost all the bullets That you currently had loaded uh, mm -hmm. And so Classic difficulty keeps that in Otherwise it doesn't have that but yeah, enemies are kind of bullet spongy in the original And they still are here And uh, you still die real fast At least on classic It's kind of like a A weird disparity Like, if you don't use all the bullets in your clip You you waste whatever you tossed Yet enemies do not Like, they can take a lot Yeah Like, one of those is very real And the other one is very cartoonish to Yeah, me. yeah I mean, you... There are enemies that can take like two or three headshots Sometimes uh, Because it seems like it's just based on distance The damage sometimes They're all loaded up on Gobblegool with cheap wine That's right uh, They're unstoppable Sometimes they do just like walk straight at you When you're in cover with a shotgun or a Tommy gun <laughs> Like trying to flush you out I guess uh, Sounds fucking terrifying Yeah um, But you do have like blind fire You can do at least Also I played through about half of it without any aim assist And then there was a mission um, where you have to escape from this armored vehicle And that was impossible And so Because it takes so much ammo to kill this APC It takes like three full Tommy gun magazines 
and you have to hit every mm-hmm. bullet because it is also attacking uh, a truck that you're in and it can kill you really fast so you have to hit every shot with it and you're like bouncing around on this road and everything and it's like without aim assist i found it i i tried it like 20 times probably and then i just turned aim assist to high and got the next time from then on i just played with that on and it kind of made it play like grand theft auto 4 um and it made the game way more like playable because the aiming in that game is just not good in general uh, if i had been using a mouse and keyboard i probably would have been able to deal with it but with whatever reason the aiming with the controller not good mm-hmm. um it still like gave me plenty of challenge though like just dying so fast uh, i still died quite a few times especially on the later missions so okay changes from the original I'll give you an example from one from one like fairly early mission. I mentioned it when I was talking about the original game, the one where you go blow up the hotel. So in the original, you're told you're going to go to this hotel, you're going to blow up the office, there's a lady in there who's been leaking information, you have to kill her. And so you go in there, you find the lady, Tommy recognizes her as having been at the bar and talking to Sarah, and then he decides to let her go. Then he blows up the office. Then you just like run across the roof, uh, escaping from the cops, and you just happen to go to the roof of a church, go down it, and then it turns out that's where a funeral is being held for uh, one of the mobsters that you killed previously. Or no, he's like a, he's the son of a councilman. Just like a weird coincidence. In the remake. They change it so before you go, Sam stops you and says, Hey, this lady you're supposed to kill, I know her. You should just like give her this money, let her go. Uh, and then he also is specifically going to that funeral. And he tells you that's nearby and they're going to ambush like the other people there. So it turns this from less of just a bizarre series of coincidences into something that makes far more sense. And there's some stuff mm. like that throughout the game, which I appreciate. I think most of the changes like that are for the better. But they still like end up changing a lot of stuff that you would prefer not to have had changed. Uh, just, mostly just like the, 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 the character voices and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they kept everything here the same except it was the original voices, then I would probably be okay with it. it it's also kind of weird because early on... In the original game, Tommy was super reluctant to get into any of this business. And here, there's a bit where he's like, yeah, I just want to get back at the guys that busted up my cab or whatever. And it's like... And then after that, he goes back to sort of his previous demeanor. And it's like, you can tell that's the part they inserted into the new script. Because there's a lot of stuff that's just straight up from the old one. Like him saying... It's better to be poor and alive than rich and dead. Uh, the whole bit where a guy comes at him with some money and he thinks he's going to get shot. A lot of that is one-to-one with the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but They still just a... kind of Henry Hills it for, like, not not quite Henry Hill it, but, like, he's way into doing crimes more so than he was in the original game. A little bit. Like, it's easier it's... to get him to just ask him, hey, you want to do some crimes? And he's, like, way into it. 
it still has the arc overall where he sort of gets into it and then realizes, oh, this is not good. And then <laughs> at, at the end, uh, goes into witness protection. Spoiler. Like that happened. It's uh, the framing device is him talking to a cop at the bar. So it's not like a spoiler. Okay, so this is not him midstream shooting a Tommy gun and going, wait a minute. <laughs> no. Hold on. No. I don't it, think I'm the good guy here. I, I mean, mate, the specific thing is when a car bomb part goes wrong. Uh, in a very obvious Godfather reference, and that that's another part. There's some stuff they changed. Um, there's a mission where you're going to assassinate a councilman. In the original, they're just like, "Hey, we stashed a gun in the bathroom," and so okay, there's your Godfather reference. But it's like under a counter. And here in the remake, they changed it so you go into a bathroom and you see the whole cutscene of him like reaching behind the tank and going like, "Oh, where is it? Come on, come on!" Until he finds it exactly like it's gonna make it more obvious yeah yeah it's weird but yeah whatever yeah uh but still overall in godfather though like that trying to it's like a car bomb in every mafia movie it's not a goodfellas but casino has one obviously yeah you know the big one this is this is specifically like the one in godfather for specific reasons there's also the the one in uh Scarface, of course. No yeah. wife, no kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, another thing that I was kind of bummed about was that they removed Freeride Extreme. Um, but then I found out all that stuff is actually in there. They just put it in regular Freeride mode. So you can still do the weird missions with, like, the alien abductions and all of that. It's still in there. So that's cool. Mm. Uh, I was good that they didn't like jettison that stuff. Yeah, I thought they might have, but I like you know. weird bonus modes to otherwise solve serious games. Yeah, like the uh, skateboarding in Metal Gear Solid Two. Sure. Which well, that was that, just a demo, you know, but yeah. Yeah, but then that's like something when they re-release that game, they got rid of that. Yeah. So. So um. No, I don't remember what I was going to say next about alien mafia. abductions. No, it wasn't that. Free rides. Take it easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I recommend Mafia Definitive Edition, especially if you can get cheap or something, because it's not a super long game. It's shorter than the original because they cut out a lot of the like driving back and forth between objectives, which is nice. Uh, for example, in the race mission, in the original, you would drive there. Got the car, you drive it to the mechanic, drive it back, and then you drive back to the bar, and then it goes to the next morning, where he's like, oh, we need you to like drive the car in the race, and then you drive back to the racetrack and do the race. Here, you do the thing where you sabotage the car, and then it just cuts to the next day where they're at the racetrack, and they're like, hey, we need you to drive the car. So, that's an improvement, I would say. Uh Yeah. And the soundtrack's a big improvement because it's not like the same three songs you hear the same 20 seconds of over and over. Uh, yeah, check it out. Mafia Definitive Edition. So are you gonna, are you gonna just roll right into 2? I don't know, I've played 2. Like a while yeah, ago. Didn't they, they just, they only remade 1, right? They didn't yeah. remake 2? No. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. I had so... a moment where I thought that they remade two, and that that was part of like, I thought definitive edition was they they did both games kind of thing. I don't know why well, I thought that, but I did. Okay, here's the thing. 
they did they kind of did. There is a Mafia 2 Definitive Edition. It's not a remake like this is though. It's just a port. But it's okay. a very bad port. Oh no. And you're better off playing the original. They They pulled a Silent Hill on it. Yes. The developers oh, no. of the port are the ones who made the Shinmu 1 and 2 port. Oh. Um, and so it's weird because also in Mafia 3's case, that game came out and it had some issues, and then they fixed it over time. And then they did this and made it the definitive edition of Mafia 3, which really should just be the game plus the DLC, but somehow it's messed it up again as well. Mm. I don't know how it happened, but it did. Like, I tried playing it on Xbox recently. And now it has like I think I've even mentioned it on this podcast It has like a full second of input lag On everything now I have no idea oh, why it would do that Like I found it unplayable Um, Like thankfully With Mafia 2 I have it on Steam And the original version is still there You, you can install the original or Definitive edition 3 you can't uh, It's just definitive or nothing Which is a, a bummer um, yeah. And Definitive Edition of 2 also removed the physics effects, I think Which, like, that was a big thing when it came out Like, that was one of the Why first is... showcases for it Why would you remove that? Like, I at don't this know! Point, if you're putting Why out a re-release of the game More hardware would support that Why That's would you remove it? That's a good it? question, and I don't know The fuck? Um, okay And I think uh, Mafia 3 has like the blown out lighting again Like it did when it came out Which there's actually some of that I think Hangar 13 is just really bad at lighting Because there is some of that In uh, the remake of 1 also mm. Also a whole lot of pop in uh, Which I'm playing I was playing the PS4 version You know that thing I hate Where you turn a corner and you see a white void Before yeah. everything loads in A lot yeah, of yeah. that in this and also just uh, traffic I mean, popping in Considering I've gone back And have messed around some 360 games And just seeing how bad Pop-in was on that oh, system yeah. in general Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, I mean I would rather have things Draw in from a distance than that Like turning corner thing Like that's probably oh, sure. my least favorite Thing from last generation There's um, look, Mortal Shell has into a lot a... of that too I forgot to mention it at the time But oh, I it does? Yeah it does I kind of huh. thought that maybe running these games on PS5 would help that, but nope, it did not. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I don't want to get into a, a whole thing with this game, but in going back and replaying Sonic 06, there are segments where like full pieces of level geometry, platforms that you need to be on, will not load in until you are coming right up on them. Oh, and so it's yeah. real good. For freaking the fuck out about like Oh no am I going to die Oh sweet there's a platform here I'm fine uh, uh, well, but in, like In Freeride there is one mission Where you get the crazy horse Which is a super fast like hot rod And you have to ride it from Like basically one end of the map To the other in like 2 minutes 30 seconds Or something oh, And I bet that's rotten with popping. Yes it is Because that thing moves at like 120 miles an hour Or something Which everything else kind of tops oh. out at like 50 uh, And so Good luck with that Because just trying to get to the end, other end of the map Like you'll be going fine And then oops there's a car in front of you now There wasn't a second ago uh, 
I mean, if you really want to talk about like how far games have come, not just like graphically how good games look now, just in terms of presentation from like Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 era, but like that stuff in particular of just having a lot less obvious pop in and layer areas loading quickly. Like that, that is for me the best, the best part of this generation so far is just not having to deal with that stuff basically at all anymore. By the way, because uh, yeah, going back and playing some of these, like, yikes. One thing I like about Mafia Remake is that now uh, Morello looks like Mitt Romney for some reason. <laughs> and so there's. Did he a... yell at him on an airplane? <laughs> uh. <laughs> well. <laughs> Play the game to find out there's stuff involving an airplane with Morello. Anyway. Great. Um, so one part I really liked about this is that in the original, it shows a scene of Morello just like bashing the head in of some random guy who bumped into his car. And in the remake, they changed that to be like some boxer. And you, you're introduced to this by the scene of Tommy and the cop at a bar and... Tommy just leans up and goes, You ever heard of Joey Crackers? <laughs> and I tried to get a clip of that, but it would not, for whatever reason, the PS5 was like, We need 20 gigabytes of free space to save this four second clip. I don't know what that was about. Anyway, it's all that data in digital Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it was, it was just Tommy saying, you Ever heard of Joey Crackers? Uh, okay. Well. Yeah, that's my review so, of Mafia Definitive Edition. Check it out. But Mafia Mafia Two in general, though, is also a good game, right? Like not oh, the yeah. Definitive Edition version. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah, yeah. sure if it was. So yeah. uh, also, one thing that you'd kind of expect they had to do with this is they do kind of retcon some stuff at the end to make it fit with two, which mm. I'm fine with. Yeah, that's okay. Um. Although, for some reason, I don't know why this is. When it hits the credits, there's a song by Ice Cube that plays. <laughs> it kind of ruins the end. I don't know what the deal with this is. Like, I checked the credits and it's like, a song by Ice Cube and DJ Shadow. And I'm like, what? Why? Why would you do that? Call back to when uh, Goodfellas ended. They played that Public Enemy song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's got this really somber ending, and zooms out and goes to credits, and it's like, y'all thought I was soft as cotton. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. What? The fuck? I don't know. Bad idea. Y'all thought I was soft as cotton. Y'all thought I was a trick. Messed around and forgot I was rotten. You tell them I'm on my way. Tell them I'm on my way. I keep my mind on my money. I keep my hand on my gunny. Don't get to playing with Sonny unless you play Boy Bunny. I put four in your 
tummy, tattooing your brain. See, the man ain't playing. If you think it's a game, haters whisper my name. Suckers want what I slang. Eric and I'm fame. DA want me to hang. But let me explain, like Abel and Cain, that the Black Grim Reaper is not my brother's keeper. Revenge, revenge, a killer's on a binge. A revenge, it depends if I Oh, God. That's like a, that's a weird inverse of the thing that we were talking about where it's the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure effect of we made this game about this location that we've never been to and we've only absorbed information about it through osmosis. But then it, it goes over to this American studio and they make it more accurate, yet they do the thing you would expect of the other people where they throw in a completely discordant <laughs> song because it's just like a thing that they heard once and it stood out to them and yeah. they're like, oh yeah, an American song for this American game. I think it's an original song too, is the thing. What? That's even weirder. Yeah, well, because it's saying like everybody wants to go to heaven, uh, huh. which like the city has lost heaven. Um, yeah. Although at one point he rhymes penis with Venus, so I don't know. Maybe it was something else, and they were just like, ah, oh, this is this works for it. I, I have no idea. I just like that. Not only is there an Ice Cube song in this, but also it has him rapping about cocks. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's Ice so, Cube, baby. Yeah. Yeah, he raps about Cox all the time. I've heard his music. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I have not been playing a whole lot. Uh, like I said, I played Spyro 3, and I beat that in probably, like, a sitting, because uh, I did not 100% that game. I just went for all the trophies in it. Uh, and I'm glad that you told me that I didn't have to do that, because getting 100% Spyro 3 sounds agonizing to me. Yeah. Having actually played it now. You play some of that last, like, that bonus level? Uh, how do you get it? Because, like, the only thing that... The last thing that I played was the Sparks level that opens up after you beat the game. Is that what you're talking about? No. There's, like, okay. a whole... I didn't think it was, because you mentioned, like, like, a bad hitbox. Yeah, it's, like, in the snow. There's, like, a snowboarding segment. Because, you know, the no, other hoverboarding I... segment's so good. Oh, yeah. No, I... I played the Sparks level because there's an achievement associated with that, and the same with like uh, chasing money bags around the final area. Yeah. And then as soon as I finished that, I shut the game off and took the disc out. Okay. Uh, it's so it's right after around. like if you've done the rest of that stuff, it should unlock. Like I think, like beating the hell out of money bags is actually what unlocks it. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, I. It, it's bad. It's just like basically running around and grabbing all the gems and stuff again. So you're not missing anything. Okay. Yeah, there's like, I think part of that game's problem is the levels are just they have too damn much going on in them. Like the fact that you have these portals that then lead to like bonus areas, but you still need those for 100% completion of the actual levels. Like Spyro 1 and 2 levels felt like perfect in length. And they didn't like mm. bog you down with too much like extemporaneous stuff to do. Uh, and that is a big problem for me in 3. Is just like I, I want to just play the fun Spyro levels. I like that gameplay. I don't want to have to fuck around with like this hovercraft tank shooting thing that feels like it should be in Donkey Kong sixty four. I like, like the side some missions. Some of I don't like a lot of those side missions rub me in the same way that like Banjo Kazooie and DK and like rare collectathon side missions do, and I do not like that stuff. Um. And, like, you, you kind of have to mess around with a lot of it because there's still, like, a quota of eggs, which is this game's version of, like, you they're the main collectibles. You need them to unlock certain things. 
namely the final boss you can't get to unless you collect a hundred of them. So to some degree, you have to fuck around with those like side mission things to get the eggs that you need to beat the game. Uh, but knowing that I didn't have to hundred percent it, at least meant that if there were some side missions that I got into and I was just like, I'm really not having any fun with this at all. I didn't have to commit to it. I could just bounce off of it and go do something else. Uh, so overall, I still had a good time with it, but I think if I did go for like a hundred percent, I would be really sour on Spyro three. Okay. What I'm saying is two is still the worst one. Oh yeah. Two not good. <laughs> like that shouldn't even be an argument. Two is the worst one. Uh, yeah, like the, the Sparks missions were like okay. I guess they just kind of yeah. yeah, they're they're just there. Uh, I liked Agent Nine. He's yeah, Laser neat. Monkey. His yeah, his levels appropriately feel like PlayStation era third person shooters. There's just something yeah. about the way that those control that is extremely retro. Yeah, but like uh, I was saying, at least I'm now you have for and... two sticks, so that's nice. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, like the the additional characters all kind of add something neat to it. I think like the Yeti was my least favorite one just because he moves very slow. Yeah, also, like, his hitbox seemed like it was kind of weird. A he lot takes of up most just, of the screen, too. Yeah, a lot of enemies would kind of so, just poke him before he could, like, get close enough to attack or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, his were my least favorite, too. Yeah, the the side mission, that's like a, a whack-a-mole thing with him, but then also, like, um, these gnomes come out of the ground, too, and if you whack one of them, you're done. It ends the minigame. Like, that was kind of tough because he takes up so much space on the screen, I could, like, barely see what the hell was going on. I didn't have any issue with that. I uh, I did hate the hockey parts. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the hockey part in 2 sucked, too. That was in 2? The hockey part, it was in both of them. Okay. There's a, a hockey minigame in both of those games. In 3, it's that you have these cats, and you have to freeze the cats and then push them into the other goal. But the thing that's especially fucked about that is they reverse the goals. So, like, I lost the first time because I kept shooting them into my own goal <laughs> because my goal was opposite the screen where I started out, which is where you would assume the other team's goal to be, and it also had the picture of the guy who I was fighting against above the goal. So yeah. I thought, oh, this is his goal. He's guarding his goal. Yeah, No, I, I that's that. where I don't want to put my shit. <laughs> I remember that happening, too, the first time, and being like, wait, what? Although, uh, unlike some people, I did recognize after the first time when the point went to the wrong person, I was like, oh, I was like I got half a, I was half the asleep when I was playing it. It was yeah, like the okay. first thing that I did in the morning. But, but yeah, like I, it, it felt to me like somebody who has never played or seen or even heard of hockey in his life designed that mini game. Like someone just described what hockey is supposed to be. It's their version of JoJo's Bizarre Adventuring. Uh -huh. They just kind of like have a vague understanding of what hockey is, and they put it together all wrong. Um, but yeah, Spyro Three is fine. Uh, that's really all I've been playing outside of Sonic 2006, which is its own nightmare. Um, but I did watch Vital, which is another Shinya Sukamoto <sighs> film. Here we go. What? I thought you liked Shinya Sukamoto. Yeah. Every week with you. Well, yeah, I have Get the whole like solid, I need to finish all the movies. When I finish all those, I'm actually like, I think I'm out of movies to watch. It's like, Clute is the only other thing that I got backlogged. Loop? And, uh, yeah. I think that's it. Okay. 
like that plus uh season three twin peaks which i want to do a thing with you so i'm kind of waiting on that and then um pat labor which is the same thing uh but as far as just stuff i have left over to watch it's pretty much just the shinya sukimoto movies include uh so i watched vital uh which is a guy going to medical school gets in a car accident he loses his memory uh, he really doesn't kind of know what to do with himself, so he re-enrolls in medical school. It's the only thing that he kind of has that is, like, residual from his past life. Uh, and he gets to the point where they start dissecting cadavers, and I was like, oh, is this going to be the Japanese version of Gross Anatomy? Uh, and it's not, thankfully. But uh, he is dissecting the body of the passenger in his car, which is his now-deceased girlfriend, but he doesn't remember who she is. But by dissecting her, his memory starts to come back, and you find out that this was orchestrated by his doctors as a means to have him regain his memory. Uh, so, you know, if you ever have amnesia, just cut open somebody you used to know, and then you'll figure it all out, I guess. That's how that works. I understand medicine. Okay. Sounds like a like a chapter of Blackjack. <laughs> yeah actually it kind of does uh, it's also like this was made in like 2004 and so like it, a lot of the props that they're using for the bodies end up jumping between looking ridiculously fake just like jamming down to the wrists inside this rubber body and it's just very obvious that it's made of plastic uh, and then there's parts where they pull out eyeballs and they cut them in half and that looks fucking disgusting yeah so it just keeps bouncing between me not being able to look at the screen and then me laughing. Wonder if they were using ridiculous. like like cow eyeballs, like uh, Unche Andalu oh, style. Yeah. They might be. Yeah, it's and, Japan. They don't care. They'll do it. Yeah, they might. Uh, yeah, it's it's like maybe the most quiet and the somber of the Sukumoto movies I've watched so far. There's not a lot hammer? of. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? Hard to believe. Yeah, there's uh only one part of this movie where he keeps zooming and pulling back the camera aggressively in someone's face while Chu Isakawa music blares. There's just one section of it, and it lasts mm. like thirty seconds, and then it's done, and that is it. That's all you get. That's a bummer. Um, Shinya does not show up in the movie himself. As what? far as I could tell, unless he's a background character. And that would even be a weird change of pace for him because he usually plays like the main character or the main villain yeah. in his movies. Uh, so yeah, he's not present like at all. It's a very quiet movie, very contemplative. The main character barely says anything at all through the course of the movie. Most of the stuff that you get from him is told visually. Uh it's it's just such a weird change of pace for him. It it definitely has a kind of like early two thousands movie vibe to it. I'm not sure how to like describe it in more specific terms than that. Um, you know what I mean, right? Like how those yeah. movies just have their own sort of like feel to them. Sure, like John um, Cena is there as a professor of thugonomics. <laughs> That's right. The main of love interest pulls out hit clips at one point. It's just like <laughs> yeah. this is how I listen to all my music. Uh huh. And she plays around on a Tamagotchi. The Venga boys are here. Oh, no. Uh, 
Yeah, that's right. That's how he got in the car accident was he got hit by the Venga bus. <laughs> yeah, well, look, they like <laughs> to party. Just, he just heard the horn, whipped his head around, they got T-boned by it. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing as much as I am because of the scene where they do like the, the focusing in and out in the Chibi Sakawa music is when he remembers the actual car accident. Oh, okay. So I'm just thinking of that, but instead of Chibi Sakawa, it's just blaring finger bus. <laughs> like the audio is totally peeking out on it. Yeah. Uh, that'd be real good. Um, yeah, like it's it's a weird and interesting change of pace for him, uh, especially because like I kind of wonder if that's just something that he was going through at that time. I don't know what Kotoko and Killing are like. But, like, Hayes also spends a lot of time just being very quiet. Kotoko is a uh, taboo, right? I think so. Is that what, what the English title is? I always saw it listed as taboo and other stuff. I think they used the original Japanese title for that box set. Yeah. Which is weird, considering right other me. ones are translated, like Snake and June and Vital and stuff. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they changed I'm... it so it's not, you know, to be confused with the classic series taboo including like taboo 2 oh yeah you sure know, nobody does no, it i mean i like you do i mean i would buy that if they put out a good blue blue ray transfer 4k taboo 2 would be I think uh, they did actually that'd be big oh well might have. i do have my government issued economic <laughs> payment card maybe it's time to buy taboo 2 <laughs> okay <laughs> flags me in a government system because I'm using their card yeah. uh, Do not give this man any more stimulus money He is buying filth Yeah, uh, it, yeah it's, it's art Come on Listen to that theme song Yeah You thought that you knew him Whoever... But you don't Whoever... God I need to know who wrote that song I need to hear <laughs> other stuff that they've done um, like you, it's great because you could tell whoever made that theme song, like was trying to be the next Joan Baez or something, and then turns out they were just making it for this porno. <laughs> this conversation is great because I would imagine that no one listening to this has any idea what Taboo Two is. It's just us. <laughs> Classic bit. Yeah. If you don't know what Taboo Two is, you look. You're on the internet already. Pull up a Google search. I'm going to make it the outro music, just the Taboo 2 theme yes. song. I would have suggested it to you, but I kind of figured you were there already. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I'm curious to see what Kotoko and Killing are like, considering the kind of like change in tone that these movies have had now that I've hit like this specific case. It, it says divided into four cases. I'm on the third of the four now. Um and the way that they're kind of divided actually is is interesting because they definitely feel like different microcosms of Shinya Tsukamoto's work. They they all have kind of a different tone to them. Uh, and Snake of June and Hayes and uh, Vital are a lot more, like I said, quiet and contemplative and uh, more personal and less aggressive than the stuff that has come before it. Uh, Weird that Nightmare Detective is not in this at all, though, by the way. Okay. Nightmare Detective 1 and 2. I've never seen them. I really don't actually know what they're about, but I remember the cover to them. I wish it had the, the, the what's-his-name, the Goblin movie. That looks really cool. 
Yeah, there's weird omissions in this, and I'm not sure why they left some of these movies out. It's not like a full, like, comprehensive filmography for no. him. Like, Nightmare Detective is, again, I don't know much about it, but I'm pretty sure it's like a fairly well-known movie of his, and that's why it's more weird that they didn't include that one. Um, I don't know. Someday Only two more do, left. They'll do, like, a complete works of Takashi Miike box set that's like 800 discs yeah it just comes on a crate yeah yeah it's just in one of those giant crates you have to use a pro uh crowbar to pry over yeah crowbar wooden crate dig the discs are just sitting loose inside bales of hay yep exactly it's a major Uh, award yeah yeah fish them out of here um yeah i yeah, like Bullet Man is also not in this. I guess that would be the other big omission, although I still think that is his worst movie. I mean, it I haven't seen Kurogo and Killing, so maybe I don't know. Considering yeah, you were just it, talking like... to me about, like, I need to have Hitman 3 on disc so I can have them all, even though I also don't have Hitman 1, so I have to go get that. Like, you should be like, why isn't Bullet Man in here? I need Bullet Man. No, Bring I am me like... Bullet Man. No, I am. I, I want... I would rather it be very complete. I think that that is his worst movie. So if you're going to admit something, I guess I'm the least bothered by that. But I would still rather that they included everything, even J- the stuff that I don't necessarily think is particularly good. J. Jonah Jameson is demanding pictures of Bullet Man. <laughs> I, uh, Bullet I Man would... is definitely a menace, though. Yes. Like, actually a menace. Absolutely. I, I started watching uh, Marvel 616, the documentaries on Disney+. Plus. Uh, mm. And the first episode I don't know if it's Yeah I think it's the first episode I'm not watching all of them Because I don't give a crap about like cosplayers or whatever uh, But the first one is about Japanese Spider-Man And uh, that stuff's pretty good Because they have interviews with like the guy who played Spider-Man And the lady who was his girlfriend in it And all of this stuff And the guy who was like I went to Japan and like everybody was reading comics But they did not give a crap about Marvel and so how he called up Marvel and was like, man, you, these people love comics. You guys have a market over here that is like being completely ignored. And like, he was the one who was like, well, we're going to have Spider-Man in here, but we're just going to let them do whatever with it. Like just trust them to make it palatable to their audience. And there's a really great bit with the guy who designed the robot. And he's like, so it comes down this form and then it transforms into this robot. And there's uh, one of the people off the camera asks him, like, did anybody ever wonder, like, why the robot was shaped like a sphinx instead of a spider? And he's just like, no, nobody ever asked me about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was it. He just thought it looked cool that it would be a sphinx for some reason. <laughs> he's the emissary from hell. Yeah, Spider-Man. that's right. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit where he says, like, yeah, he says, hell, hell. No kid's character had used such a dark word before Also, they talked to the guy who was like the stunt guy for Spider-Man He's like, yeah, I was just climbing up Tokyo Tower They didn't have a rope on me or anything <laughs> Look, uh, they had to remove the word hell from the DK rap When they put it in other stuff It's a bad word Did they? They did Yeah, oh. it's uh, one heck of a guy now mm. Like in Smash Brothers and whatnot Oh, in Smash Brothers, sure, okay Well, I think, like, I... I might be wrong. I think they've reproduced that song in in other in other things too. But I mean, I remember at the point time is, it was very weird how it said that. Yeah, 
Look, they had Grant Kirkhope, and they were like, you need to make a main theme for Donkey Kong. What the fuck else was he going to do? Exactly. Um, but yeah, the other uh, uh, episodes of that I was interested in are... Uh, there's one about toys, and like how sort of the boom in the like comic character toy market, that, which I think could be interesting. And then, of course, the one about how Dan Slott can't write comics on time. I want to watch that one. But... I thought okay. you already. Oh no, you just saw pictures. Yeah, I, I just saw the bits I know the way you talk posted about on Twitter. Um, but next subject, because I know there's yeah. not a whole lot going on. I watched the first two episodes of One Division. Oh boys, One uh, Division. Uh, did they cut the thing with it being like a fifties comedy pretty quick? Because all the trailers nope. I saw from it, they don't seem to focus on that pretty much at all. Uh, that's like ninety five percent of the show. Weird. Okay. And like most of the trailers I saw it. were like the illusion disappearing, and then no. it being like we're trapped in a simulation or something. Nope. Okay. That's my huh. problem. There is not enough of that, and most of it, like the vast, vast majority, is just straight ahead old sitcoms, which means it is not funny or entertaining. Uh, this seems like it is like movie pacing, and they should not have released it weekly. This should have been like a binge watchable thing. Yeah. Um, so at I just the, feel that way about everything, but yeah. You know, but I'm at, at the end of that. the first episode, it sort of starts to go, uh, but again, it's literally like two minutes out of the whole first episode, and then the third one you get little bits here and there, but. Again, most of it is just a 60s sitcom. Because like, the first one is like more sort of I Love Lucy or something. Second is more Bewitched, I guess. Even though both of them like have the magic element because of Scarlet Witch. Um, Fred Melamed is in it, which is nice. Cy Abelman himself, he appears. Mm. He's uh, Vision's boss at the company he works at, which is mysterious. So, okay. Putting aside the actual sitcom plots Because that doesn't matter It's like boss gets invited to dinner They have to try to get dinner ready uh, Also the boss's wife is Kitty from that 70s show Anyway Yeah I saw that bit in the trailer I, I had no idea she, she was in this And I was like oh right uh, I remember uh, everybody talking about how terrible she was on the set And a nightmare to work with uh, And then the second one is like They have to put on a, a magic show for people and that actually has some kind of funny bits because the vision the vision vision eats some gum on accident and it gums up his works and somehow makes him act drunk and that part's funny mm. uh, but there's some stuff I have two base two main theories about this one is either that this is a project by aim um, either keeping one to stuck in it or trying to use like parts they got from Vision to do something. Because the company he's working for is having him do calculations and they don't know what for. It's just like, what, what am I like computing these numbers for? I don't know. Like to make values or something. Like they nobody ever says what it is. Um but there are sword logos that show up sometimes. There's like a helicopter. She finds a toy helicopter crashed in the bushes. Uh, that's like in color and it has a sword logo on it. 
at the end of the first episode it zooms out from a tv where somebody is watching this happening uh, and there's a sword logo on that also and so i think maybe sword is trying to get her out uh there's one part where she like hears the radio change and it's a voice saying like what are they doing to you wanda uh, but the weirdest part is that at the end of the second episode, they go outside and a beekeeper comes up from the sewer. And so that would be the AIM connection because their suits always look like beekeeper suits. And so I would think that that was her having seen one of them at one point and then her mind like filling it in as a literal beekeeper. Except it does, like I mentioned this to Max and he said he has a, a sword logo on the suit and it does. So I'm not really sure what that would mean. My other theory would be that uh, as part of some sort of grief over vision that Wanda has created this like fantasy world, kind of House of M style, uh, and maybe like Sword has been trying to get her out, but like they sent in a helicopter that she crashed on accident, and like that's why the helicopter's there at that point. Like it's like her memory of it or something. Wait, I'm. In the end game, didn't they bring Vision nope. back, or is he dead forever? No, nope. Vision was exploded. Okay, all right. No, because I couldn't remember. Like, I because he was brought to life by the gems, and uh, the gem was pulled out of his forehead, and he exploded, and then the gems were destroyed. Yeah, but then when they reset the timeline, I thought that maybe that brought him back. I couldn't. No, because they didn't reset. They only reset from after everybody had already died. Oh, right, right, away. right. Okay. That's right. I'm sorry. That movie kind of has become a blur to me. I saw it when it came out, and then kind of just did not retain most yeah. of it. <laughs> um, I remember that Black Widow is dead forever. That's the one that I remember. Maybe we'll see. It's Possibly. comics. Nothing makes sense. Nothing yeah. matters. No. Um, but here, yeah. there's a whole multiverse. In fact, that's right. Uh, people, yeah. there, there was a report of seeing Charlie Cox on set of Spider-Man Three. Daredevil. I mean, I guess that's not really related to the multiverse because that was already set within the MCU, but. eh, Sure. Unless they do something weird where they're just like, oh, it's actually a different universe, like the the TV show stuff. I I don't know. I don't think so. (sighs) Whatever. Because they mention, like, the alien invasion from Avengers in Daredevil. Yeah, that's right, they do. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, those are basically the two main things. Like the the sword logo on the beekeeper guy makes me think it's the latter now. I think they're like trying to pry Wanda out of this fantasy world that she's created. Um although the oh the other reason I thought it might be aim is because there are these like retro style commercials in it. Uh, one is for a stark toaster and uh the other one is for a Strucker watch. Named after Baron von Strucker. Mm. Um, and another thing I thought odd was that there are certain things that are red, but they've only been things like associated with like the quote good guys, like the sword helicopter, and there's a red light on the Stark Industries toaster. But I don't know. I'll find out later. The main thing is that uh, once they get into the era when sitcoms figured out what comedy was it might be better uh, because boy those old ones are faithful to a fault if if you're into like that really old style of comedy maybe you'll like it i don't know i found it intolerable well i'm just waiting for them to hit the like 80s era 
Yeah. Where sitcoms started to get real good and say, real dumb. Even in the 70s, they got all right. Like, you had stuff like All in the yeah. Family that was pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sanford and Son. Uh, I'm a bit surprised, though, that they keep the illusion up that much because, again, the, from the trailers that I had watched, it seems like they focus a lot on, like, this is an illusion. Hey, Wanda, you need to get out of here. And, like, everything is in color and there is more urgency to it. So, my perception of it was the actual, like, 50s era thing just accounts for, like, brief segments of it. Or is the focus for the like the first episode and then they drop it towards the end? No, it's moving forward uh, and through then it's time. Just fading in and out. So okay. the first episode, like I said, is fifties. Second is sixties, and then okay. like at the end of that episode, it sort of trans like you see it transition to the seventies. It's in color. So, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's my mistake too. Is I thought that it was primarily just the fifties. I didn't realize no, no. that they were going to cover like each era of yeah. Sitcom, I, I, so. I haven't watched trailers for it, but I had seen like promo images, so I knew like I had seen like Paul Bettany and her like in like Seinfeld style fashion. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that stuff more. Wow, how many episodes do they say it's going to be total? No idea. Right, I'm gonna guess seven. Ten. Okay. Something like that, yeah. probably. I don't know. Well, one of these days I'll get Disney Plus and I'll probably blow through all of it in one sitting because I, I don't have the patience to wait like each and every week for a new episode of a TV show. I Last think, time I did that was Twin Peaks. Shut up. I think once it's over, the Loki show will start. And I am very interested in the Loki show. Time yeah, Cop I watched Loki. The, I watched the trailer for that. It looks pretty good. Wow. We're Time Cops. Wow. Everybody loves Owen Wilson. Yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to uh, the DB Cooper episode of. Loki. Yeah, I got banned from GDQ for uh, impersonating Owen Wilson and the Loki show. <laughs> Did GDQ happen? Like, is that over now? No, it happened. Uh, it it is over and done with. It happened uh, like a week ago. Completely I forgot about it. Yeah, I've just been seeing the videos on demand and up on YouTube, and I've just kind of not been that interested in it. Because, like, at this point, they've pretty much speedrunned all the games I would be interested in, and there's no point in watching the same speedrun, like, twice. No, absolutely If you not. watched one Super Metroid speedrun, you have literally watched them all. There's literally. no reason to watch another one. Literally. <laughs> you have seen all of them. You've seen everything. You've seen it all. That's right. Literally. Uh, I mean like kind of like that's the thing with speedruns is they get so rigid after a certain point with what you need to do and then they start talking about like oh I don't think anyone could beat this it's such a tight window now and so that just ends up translating to the run is always the same yeah so also, with a lot of those I, I just think it's great how like half of our recurring references on this podcast are just love line bits like why not yeah who cares? Look, people should be listening to old episodes of Loveline. They're great. There's well, a sure. point in time where, like, Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla were actually tolerable. <laughs> they they were entertaining, like a, in fact. Yeah, that was fascinating enough on its own. What's Besides Gal Gadot the, the doing in that, Israel? <laughs> Besides the fact that people would call in and claim that their assholes were the size of mason jars, or uh, <laughs> that the band Pennywise would hold people hostage. Classic. Had to call in the SWAT team. Yeah. It, it, look, they took them to Poo Poo City because they can't say shit on the radio. 
That's, That's right. the thing that Pennywise was concerned about before they pulled actual guns on Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla and no, the SWAT team had to get called. It was in. a grenade, but yeah. Oh, that's right, a grenade. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. And also he that one. vomited in the trophy that was in yes, the Yes, and then he sealed it He sealed it with resin uh-huh. so that the vomit would be contained within the trophy until the end of time. Uh, God. Old love lines are great. Good guys, Pennywise. It's... it's Yes, it's a real shame what happened to both Loveline the show and then also everyone who has ever been on it. Yeah, basically. Jesus Christ. Oh, they started uh, to take David, themselves I, seriously. Yeah. David Allen Greer seems to be doing all right. He's not turned into a complete, like, conspiracy weirdo, from what I can tell. No, no. Which is weird because so. you think that he would be the one that would turn into, like, the conspiracy weirdo, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dagroni seemed like the most out there of the bunch, but he seems yeah. to be doing fine. He was on a, a series of unfortunate events. No, yeah. that was weird. I'm glad that Dag is continuing to get work. He had that sitcom too with Martin Mull, uh, where it's like old people, old people sitcom. I'm not remember remembering that like at all. Yeah, uh, Vicky well. Lawrence was on it, and then someone else. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the episode of WandaVision where they cover the David Allen Green, Greer Martin Mull sitcom. I don't think they'll get there because that was like a few years ago. Yeah. They would do like a Parks and Rec episode or the Office episode or something. Oh, they'll definitely do an Office episode. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that they don't. Like knowing now that that's what the gimmick is, they have to do that. If they're doing Seinfeld, then they're yeah. doing the Office. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the one will be that they'll pick for like the eighties that they'll lean into the most? Night Court. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> I don't know. I hope. Which it's means Night they Court. definitely won't do it. <laughs> they'll do something else. Probably like Cheers. Mindy, probably. Well, Cheers, yeah, it could be, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Wasn't that seventies? Happy Days was. I, yeah, maybe. I think. Recommendy might have been like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. They that should do Blues and Buddies. Wait, what? It should do booze and booze and buddies. Booze them. Fucked it up. Booze and buddies. You say it like Adam West. Booze them. That's right. <laughs> Look, I covered this at the start of the podcast. I have lived in many places. Uh huh. I am the resident Boosom. Kennedy. Um, I don't. God, probably. Uh, where was it? That I think when I was in Wisconsin, maybe. I don't know. Mark and Mindy started in 1978, by the way. Okay. I mean, yeah, that makes... I forgot for a second that it was a spinoff of Happy Days. Yeah. Mark and Mindy uh, has a 95% from Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't seem right. Although I guess if you consider the type of person who is reviewing Mark and Mindy for Rotten Tomatoes, they're probably (laughs) predisposed to like it, so... They're just doing the J-bomb and caveman face the entire time that they're watching it. Yeah, exactly. It enters into them like the, like the Riddler's television device just sucks their brain out, and they're like, "Yeah, show good." So two two times now, I've referenced the Riddler's TV device. I'm gonna try to find a way to continue to work it into my everyday life. Okay, yeah. go for it. Get some Riddler's brew. Keep time trying for... new drinks. Time for 
Retro, Retro corner. corner. Here we go. Yeah. What do you yeah, got? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played The Legend of Dragoon. You have to go blast a crap, by the way. No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> well, you warned me you might have to. Yeah. I wanted you to be prepared. You didn't have to tell anybody that I needed to blast a crap. Well, too bad. Now it's out there for all 12 of our listeners. Legend of Dragoon, Thanks. what about it? Well, you gotta say it's Speaking of blasting a crap, Square Legend Enix of Dragoon. JRPG, that's called a that's a role-playing game from Japan. It's not Square Enix. They did not make this game. What? Oh, Square Soft. Excuse no. me. No. Yes, it's Japan is. Studio. Square Enix had nothing to do with Legend what? of Dragoon. Shut up. Yeah, this is not it is not theirs. I absolutely thought uh, it was the Wikipedia Square. the Wikipedia page does say Critics comparing it unfavorably to the Final Fantasy series, but that is the closest that it gets to Square Enix. Huh. Uh, I absolute the whole time I thought that it was a Square <laughs> game. Nope. Uh, right. It is a Japan studio published by A1 Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, produced or directed by Yasuyuki Hasabe. Uh, who I'm trying to remember. How did the same people that made Legend of Dragoon make Ape Escape? This makes no sense to me. <laughs> Legend of Dra- Dragoon's not that. It's not that bad. It's not great. It's definitely not the best RPG that I've played off this dumbass list list of mine. But it's also like it could be much worse than it actually is. So, the Legend of Dragoon, uh. The most unique thing about it probably is its battle system, which is kind of based on timing button inputs to specific rhythms. Uh, so you have these moves called additions, which are basically just combos. And the way that you enter a combo is you have a square in the middle of the screen, which a square ends up like coming out of the corners of the screen to focus in on. And when it hits the center, you have to hit the X button. Like the Hatsune the Miku enemy, games. It's just like Hasani Muku. <laughs> Fuck that up too Hasana Muku That's right, what a yes. wonderful phrase It means no worries for the rest of your days uh, So the main thing I remember is having these combo things Except the game like was kind of choppy Which made it really hard to hit the buttons Hell yes it does Also, the timing is not when it hits the center of the box It's like when it is twice the size of the box When okay. the little box is in the big box it's it's fucked up. Like it's kind of hard to explain because it feels so bad when you actually do it. Mm. Like the timing is somehow off with it. Uh, but eventually, like when you realize that it's busted and doesn't work the way that it should, you then figure out what the actual like correct timing is, and so you start hitting the inputs consistently. But like for the first part of the game, I had a really tough time with it. Uh, and then occasionally an enemy will like counterattack you and then you have to hit circle instead of X, but they they give you an indication for it. Um but like the thing with additions is the more than you get typically the more inputs you have to make to get a full addition. And so then if you mess up at a certain point in that chain, you do less damage, and then the damage will go up increment incrementally. So, you know, if you only get half a combo, you just do half the damage, basically. Um, and then you can't use magic so it's mostly just using these additions your magic attacks are done through items that you pick up 
uh, unless you turn into a Dragoon, which is the other like big gimmick to the battle system is you have these transformations. And when you turn into a Dragoon, which you build meter for that by doing successful additions. By the way, uh, uh, I wonder why I would have thought this game was made by Squaresoft, considering your Dragoons right? with spears yeah. in a JRPG. <laughs> Also that it has to like shove in this really weird like battle system that yeah. kind of doesn't really work the way that they thought it would. Mm-hmm. That that's also very like PlayStation One era Final Fantasy. Um, but yeah, you you turn into a dragoon, and you can either do like another sort of edition esque physical attack, except this is you have like a wheel that's spinning around, and you have to time the inputs correctly on that. Uh, which also that does not feel like it works like how it should. The the timing on that is also fucked up. What goes uh, up must come <laughs> down. Spinning exactly. wheel got to go yeah. round. I'm a very good singer. Definitely, you sounded. <laughs> I thought you were just playing Blood Sweat and Tears. Right now. You weren't. It's no. That was that was me. I know it's impossible to discern. Wow. Uh, you in like a, are you in like a band? No. You should be in a band. You should do. You should set up like a like a band camp. That's put up some idea. music. Yeah. Uh, you can do magic attacks though with that as well. Uh, so that's your your main way of actually using your mana bar, which you have that is functionally useless for most of the game because you just use items and they don't take mana. Uh, after a while, though, your Dragoon form becomes pretty much useless, and you do more damage with your additions. So you kind of only have to worry about Dragoons for like half of the game, and then you stop giving a damn. Uh, but the, the the battle system, it I think it has interesting ideas. It feels very janky. Uh, I don't know how much of that was just emulation, which is what I thought it was, but then you're saying that it was also janky when you played it back in the day. So oh, it yeah. might just be the video game. It's actually probably better playing it with emulation. It's probably smoother. Might be, yeah. The The thing that I also don't like about additions is the way you level them up is by doing them completely successfully. And so then when that is off, if you're doing this and you don't have save states, that probably really sucks. But like, there were times where I just was grinding out new additions and having save states to just be able to expedite that made it more tolerable because like that's i think another downside of legend of dragoon is you definitely have to grind in the game uh to me good rpg balancing is if you do not run from a fight you will be well equipped to fight pretty much anything that you come across in the game if you are constantly running then you put yourself in a bad position in bad in in poorly balanced jrpgs you have to spend several hours grinding bullshit i hate that stuff and that is definitely like a facet of the legend of dragoon um so that's unfortunate because again it is based off of these you know precise button inputs so you could be grinding out levels and making progress there but you can be fucking all your additions up and if you're not leveling up your additions you're still going to put yourself in a really shitty position uh, yeah, it, like that's kind of the way the game plays. The story of Legend of Dragoon is also interesting. It's uh, basically uh, 11,000 years ago, the 
uh, a species called the winglies, which are basically just like angels. They have subjugated all of mankind, and then the dragoons, who have authority over dragons, wage war against them, and they liberate everybody. But uh, as part of like the cyclical nature of this universe, there is this moon entity that is going to descend every like hundred or so years and try to just wipe out all mankind. And so you start to figure out like, oh, we've just been killing the the moon entity every hundred years, and that hasn't worked out for us. But there's maybe a more permanent way of dealing with this. And so the the game is largely about that. Uh, but the translation fucking sucks and nobody in this game talks like a human being does so there's a lot of times where i would just read some dialogue and just kind of have a moment where i'm like huh I just have to like go back and read everything again and try to figure out what the fuck characters were trying to say it's as bad as final fantasy 7 i hate the moon all my homies hate the moon <laughs> I like imagining like all the dragoons like standing around. It's like that part in uh, Always Sunny where he's like looking at a a portrait on the wall of the moon, saying like, "I'm sick of this guy." <laughs> Pretty much it, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's got like one of the worst JRPG translations I've ever seen in my life. It's not even that they like misspell things. Because, like, that's not the case. It's just that, like, no human being talks the way Legend of Dragoon characters do. And so there's just a lot of points where you're, like, trying to piece it all together. Like, instead of somebody saying also or and, they will say in addition, <laughs> like a fucking robot. All the Dragoons have Chicago accents now. This is what Vision is calculating. He's making the Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> That's why he does not read like a human being made it. No, that's terrifying. <laughs> it's all part of like AIM's weird indoctrination program. Like they, there's hidden messages in the Legend of Dragoon. By the way, speak of one division, Catherine Hahn is in it, and maybe it's just me, but every single time I see her, I think it's Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live. She looks way, way too similar to Anna Gasteyer. Uh, to the point where I think, like, Catherine Hahn is a venom snake or Anna Gasteyer. <laughs> like she was just created to take her place. Yeah, sure, a tulpa would also Going to work. go into the red room and, and turn into, like, a gold orb? Yeah, get shot and, like, deflate and fly off. Oh, then then who is their, like, dark doppelganger that's, like, throwing up cream corn on the highway? I don't know. Hmm. Might need to look into that a bit more. Uh, but yeah, like it, I think that's sort of where I keep coming back with The Legend of Dragoon is it has very interesting ideas. I like the concept of the battle system. I like the just the basic outline of what the story is is interesting to me, but the way that it presents everything, the way that it feels mechanically, it, you have a controller in your hand and you're fucking playing it, everything just feels janky and off. Uh, maybe not surprising that they've never made another Legend of Dragoon. Uh, this sold incredibly poorly in Japan. Uh, it sold fairly well over here because I think that it maybe capitalized, like in a on a point in time where like American audiences were getting real nuts about JRPGs. Yeah, that's kind uh, of the weird thing. I was wondering why there was never another one because I remember it being kind of everywhere at the time. To the point where I thought, like, this must be good, right? 
and then playing it was like eh, no not really uh okay so this is part of why i wanted to pull up the wikipedia page because i wanted to actually have figures on this so i'm just going to read from the sales section here uh, upon its debut in charts. japan the me too uh, the Legend of Dragoon reached second place in sales behind Pokemon Gold and Silver, selling over 160,000 units and becoming the best-selling new release that week. By the end of 1999, the game had sold over 280,000 copies in Japan. According to Yoshida, sales in the United States were stronger than those in Japan, allowing the game to recoup its large budget, which was $16 million. Whoa. Uh, by 2007, The Legend of Dragoon had sold 960,000 copies in the United States and 355,240 copies in Japan. That's a big budget for a PS1 game. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, so like it did not perform as well in Japan as it did the United States. It seems like it did good in the moment, but that over time, it just did not push as many units. Uh, but I can kind of see how with that budget and the amount that they sold, that Sony would maybe not necessarily look at it as the financial success they needed to greenlight a sequel. Yeah. So, uh, although apparently they were going to put the main character in PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, <laughs> speaking of things that Great. there will never be another sequel to that was produced by Sony. Well, they couldn't put him in there. They had to have like three versions of Cole from Infamous. <laughs> they went so far as to actually like making his model and everything, and then they were just like, well, we're done supporting this piece of shit, so... Throw it in the trash. Great. Uh, yeah, uh, this came out also in like, um, I think in the middle of the year 2000 in America. So this was also like getting kind of close to transitioning into the PlayStation 2 era of things. Oh, yeah. So this is like one of the last big JRPGs for the original PlayStation. It was yeah. pretty much that and Final Fantasy IX, I want to say it was very late era. Yep. Um. But yeah, most of my memory of this game actually comes from the same point in time that I got a lot of exposure to Final Fantasy IX. Uh, I was living at a uh, basically a vocational school, um, and I had a... <laughs> Is that what you're calling it now? I'm calling it a vocational school. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to dox myself. Yeah, like, I'm pretty willing point. to share details about my, myself, but this will, like, straight up dox me, so I don't want to go into too yeah. much detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was at this vocational school and my roommate used my playstation 2 a lot to play his copy of the legend of dragoon so it was one of those cases of just like over the shoulder watching somebody play it a lot and go like oh this is interesting and then it kind of just like stuck in my head for a while uh and so i i wanted to actually finally sit down and, and play it um but yeah now that i have not worth it no I kind of wasted my week, Larry Davis, of Destroy All Children. Well, that's okay, George Brundle of Destroy All Children. Sometimes it happens, sometimes just do it to yourself for no good reason, like with Sonic 06. I only really have like eight town missions I have to get S-Ranks in, and so that's not that much. Um, and then also I got Dusty Desert done. That's the one with the ball puzzle. I clipped through the levels so I didn't have to do it. I'm going to probably spend the rest of the day platinuming a Mafia remake. Because basically all it is is just like the collectibles left. And I think a lot of those aren't even in the story missions. They're just in free ride. So just grab a map, 
chill out, drive around, pick up the I'm, cigarette cards. I haven't been having as bad of a time as I could doing the Sonic 06 thing because I've just been like putting on episodes of Best and the Worst in the background and drinking a lot of alcohol. Oh, yeah. Just a, so much. I watched Still an episode of Star Trek that had Raymond Cruz in it. Uh, yes, I saw that. That's the uh, Rainbow Six. That's the one where they're on the planet where the Federation's been holding out, right? And yeah. Jim Hadar are like kind of encroaching, and they're on their last leg, but they like they gotta get like uh, a, a relay it. up and running. I get it. Last I leg. Going for a thing. <laughs> Rom or Nog? Oh, I mean. <laughs> didn't even do that intentionally. Oh yeah, that's one where Nog gets his leg blowed off. Yeah, and he like it's a really dramatic scene, but the squeal he makes is really funny when it happens. So oh, like I, didn't I felt think so I felt bad for Nog. It's so high pitched though. Yeah, but he's a tiny Ferengi. What do you expect? It's funny to me because it's the same high pitched scream that Rom does in another well, episode. Yeah. Okay. And so like I guess it just sort of hit me that like whenever Ferengis are hurt, that's the sound that they make, <laughs> but it's already ridiculous to me because when it's done with Rom, it's presented like it's a joke. Yeah. It's like when Ned Flanders screams, but he sounds yes. like a lady. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh also that episode has the bit where Quirk is like with Nog and then he just like whips around and blasts a Jim Hadar, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's also really funny, but Yeah, very funny. <laughs> like TBS. I thought Nog getting his leg blowed off was hilarious. Anyway, One day we'll Ding do Chavez our favorite died. episodes of Yeah. He got stabbed in the back by a Jim Hadar. Yeah. One of these days we'll do our top episodes of Deep Space Nine. I'm, I'm, I'm getting still close. looking forward to that. Getting you close are. To the that's, end. that's pretty much there. You got like a whole bunch of episodes now of um why am I blanking on his name? The uh fifties crooner hologram. Oh Vic Fontaine. You got a lot of Vic Fontaine to go. Man, there's already just... so much of him in this. Like, that episode yeah, they... starts with Vic Fontaine, but also, okay, so Vic, Fon... Vic Fontaine somehow makes a physical recording of his music that he gives to Bashir. So this means, like... Don't could... try to think about it. <laughs> you could have self-replicating Vic Fontaines, which is a terrifying prospect. <laughs> that actually would have been great if, like, the Vic Fontaine hologram, like, got corrupted. Yes, and then Vic sure. Fontaine started slowly turning the Deep Space Nine station into Fontaine's bar. Also, when uh, Bashir plays the Vic Fontaine music as the Jim Hadar coming, it should have made their heads explode like in Mars Attacks. <laughs> yes. Hi, welcome to our Deep Space Nine segment of the podcast. Um, yeah, you at least need to watch the episode where uh nog goes to vic fontaine as part of his like rehabilitation okay uh because that whole episode is about like he gets this synthetic leg and it should work just as good as a regular leg does but it's not because nog has psychological trauma that he's not overcome yet well they also mentioned so... that in that episode he says like they should be able to get a prosthesis for him but it might not work because well they say because of like nerve damage from the heat from the blast or something yeah, which isn't quite the because I I want to say in that episode with Vic Fontaine they make a point of saying it should work perfectly fine. It's 
you you are the problem you need to overcome this stuff <laughs> you little why snot. aren't you why aren't you better you little jerk <laughs> look what you did you little jerk we're putting you in this fucking Vic Fontaine hologram because no one wants to deal with you. Nog has to sleep you on the bed with Fuller. <laughs> um, that that episode though is there's a lot of like that stuff landed very well for people who have had limbs amputated. Like that performance that he ends up giving in that episode is very 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 good. It is a Vic Fontaine episode, but it's also a Nog episode, which means it's worth watching. I do like Nog now, which is not something I ever thought that I would be saying, considering the early episodes where he was a bizarre feral child who would scream and hiss yeah. at everybody and run into bushes. Saying that he didn't want to befriend humans. Yeah. Humans. Uh, I really like yeah, that like... episode, though, where Quark's like, you know, humans are... Uh, a fairly easygoing, courteous people, but you remove their creature comforts and they're going to get just as savage as a Klingon. Yeah. That's a really good bit. Yeah. Like, that's still a, it's still a very good episode, even though I laughed at the part where Nog got his <laughs> leg blown off. Well, that's your problem. I legitimately busted out laughing the moment it happened. And then I felt so bad because the rest of the episode is just actually dealing with the trauma of, like, his leg got blown off. It just caught me off guard because he does the scream, and the scream is very funny to me, and yep. I felt awful. But it also has a really good bit where Quark's like, why would you send him out there? Like, you clearly you don't care about him. And Cisco's like, man, he's a Starfleet officer. Like, I'm not yeah. going to just, like, keep him out of harm's way because I know him. Yeah. They needed his ears, like, yeah. to, to be able to hear where the Jem'Hadar was. That That's there, right. There was even, like, a tactical reason for it. Yeah. Uh the the other Vic Fontaine episode you should definitely watch though is the one where they do like the Ocean's Eleven heist, because well, that is the one where Bashir looks yes. at his hand in poker yeah. and it's just eighty eight. KKK. It's a really dumb. Yeah, eighty eight yeah. KKK. It's a really dumb episode, but in a very watchable way. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna end up just watching every episode this last season, probably even the stinkers. Yeah. So then you know, get a full sense well, of it. There's much fewer. By yeah. that point, anyway, so yeah, there's really like, no sense in trying to figure out what to skip. Yeah, season five on, there have really only been like maybe three or four per season that I've skipped. So yeah, unlike the first season, uh, which is nearly unwatchable. Yeah, even the ones that are important are like, all right, I got to get through this. Yeah. Um, I still want to pick up that box set for the next generation and like try. I want to try. To people really seem to like the next generation. I like Deep Space Nine. There are there are things about Star Trek that I really enjoy, and I think if I get far enough into the next generation, I'll either find what it is everybody likes about it, or it'll be like Stockholm Syndrome. I, I was just about to say you'd basically just be Stockholm Syndroming yourself. I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think that's probably uh, the case of everybody, though. Like, they just watched it a lot when it was on TV when they were a kid, and over time, just like grew yeah, an attachment kinda, to it. I wonder how much of it is that just the novelty of, hey, Star Trek is back on, and like it being that point in time where what they were doing was probably very interesting on TV uh, well, versus now, even, where it's like, yeah, whatever. 
don't know it would even be that considering the first season was so much like original oh, star trek well yeah the first season was like a lot of repurposed scripts that they had i want to say from when they were going to do like they wanted to back in the day do a sequel series to star trek back when it got enough popularity that they could feasibly put it on tv again and so it was just, I think, a lot of scripts left over from that. And of course, Roddenberry still had a lot of input at that point in time uh, before he got very sick. And horny. He did the Nog scream and then he died. <laughs> I mean, the thing was, it, it's not even just the scripts, it's the sets are very much in that same vein. Like when I watched the Red Letter Media videos, I. Like, and they would show clips from season one episodes I was like man this looks like crap I can't believe this was like from the same series As the like the later episodes They would show it's So weird Just like You're laughing Nog is screaming and you're laughing <laughs> You think it's funny that Ferengi got his leg blown off <laughs> I do and I'm tired of pretending it's not uh, but yeah, they sorry, just, I was like... holding that in the entire time. <laughs> yes, the sets in the old episodes are very bad. Yeah, this rocks in front of a tarp. Here's yeah. uh, what? What's her Tasha Yar? She's gonna get zapped by a tar monster. Oh, God, the way that they kill off Tasha Yar and then bring her back and then kill her off again. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Jesus Christ. Yeah, like I, I still kind of want to see it. it it's. The next generation is interesting to me. I've tried to watch, I've tried to watch the first season, and it is very difficult to get through. And I really need to just like I tried to do it the way that you did it with Deep Space Nine, basing it off of like IMDb ratings. The problem with that is people are very passionate about the next generation, yeah. So there's a lot of people who rate shit way too high. So I I just asked somebody from Mastodon a long time ago who's way into Star Trek uh, to just mm. give me a list of episodes that are like good. Or important or a heavily feature data or queue uh, oh. or, or holodecks Because that that's what I'm looking for uh, And so I have that list here If you want I can send it to you But You should send me that list Okay uh, I'll save it to my desktop so I, so I have it on hand for the day When I finally decide to blow a bunch of money on that box set Or Netflix puts something else up That makes me want to renew my subscription uh, Which they have I, to do. I counted the number of episodes that list I believe it's like a third of the total episodes <laughs> And so I asked her about that She was like yeah it seems about right Oh no alright so maybe I just renewed Netflix And don't bother buying that box up. Well, And even some of the episodes though she noted Like this one isn't very good but it's a holodeck episode Or it's about <laughs> Q So You, you asked for this yes. So I put it on here Yeah uh, I, want, I, I like Data I like Q. Yeah. I want all the episodes about Data and Q. Rest of them don't give a crap about. Yeah, Data Data's great, but also I think that they maybe kind of ran away with Data in ways that they probably shouldn't have, like mostly in the movies. Yeah, I was going to say which that already, seems more like a movie thing. Yeah, where they do more of like Data's having sex with the Borg Queen. <laughs> We're edgy. It's a movie. Well, that some in of this that's movie in the film, show. Picard is an action hero now. In the show, I know there's like, a bit where he says like, "I am." Fully equipped to satisfy you, <laughs> whatever it is. Like I am anatomically Captain, I believe correct. I have an erection. <laughs> That's right. Oh God. Yeah, I think there was a bit with like evil Captain, data play in this the next game. generation. You won't last five seconds. <laughs> 
this game's so hot it'll make you forget what you ate for breakfast is still my favorite one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very weirdly specific kind of like, oh, I came too hard, now I don't know what I ate. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think there's an episode with like an evil data, but I think it's just like whatever... That guy, he, like, made data robots, they were based on himself, and I think it was just another one of those, but it was a bad guy, if I remember right. Yeah. I think that's what the deal with that is. Um, it's not like data himself. When yeah, evil. I, I'm aware of that episode. So there is in uh, Enterprise, they meet that guy who made data, and I've seen that scene, and it's really dumb, because, like, he breaks the law, and they put him in space jail, they're like, all right, you, no more unethical science. And he's just like, ah, but I've been thinking lately about androids that could be just as good as humans. Let me sit down, and I'm going to draw data now. And then he turns to the camera, and he winks. But it doesn't matter, because Enterprise that. is but all basically fake, that's the right? So yeah, like, cares? that's the other fucked up thing. It's like... Watching that and knowing that, oh, they're doing this, like, wink and nod, like, a really heavy-handed wink and nod to, like, hey, he's he's a guy who made data. This is the moment where he figured it out, and he made data. Uh, but then also, like, you know, you get to the end of that series, and it's just Riker fucking around in the holodeck again. Yeah. No one's a truer gamer in Star Trek than Riker. <laughs> it's, well, I don't know. Like, Data and LaForge, they do a lot of gaming in the holodeck. They are also gamers, but like Riker is the sort of gamer who's also like he bought an Oculus just to download the weird shit. Yeah, Riker's a tumor. Just go ahead and say it. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, I think we Sorry, covered all the bases. Is in cyberpunk. Yeah. It's a very stupid term. Hey, $30. cyberpunk! By the by the way, yeah, available for thirty dollars now. Also, yeah. next generation update not coming out till. Quote, second half of this year Which means like November Yeah I'm probably going to just pick it up When it hits like 10 bucks next month Yeah Sure so, yeah, Get ready. Yeah, At that point whatever Yeah I assume it would still be the original disc And again there's a novelty to me Having the unupdated Unadulterated version of Cyberpunk And just seeing what a disaster that is I just don't want to pay like real money For that I mean, I had it updated so. and still saw a whole bunch of weird stuff, so... Yeah, it's true. Well, I think we hit all the notes that we're supposed to on the podcast. We did Sonic. Yeah. Uh, we did Mafia-related right. stuff. Uh, we talked about Star Trek for way too damn long. <laughs> there was a retro corner, and we found a way to work Cyberpunk in by the end of it. Of course. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty much a full episode to Destroy All Children. So until next week, goodbye, dinosaurs. I, I got I taped the theme oh, no. song oh, from no. Taboo Two today, oh, no. and I want you just to dig on this. This is what I have to endure. Set the scene. What's actually happening? There, there's no sex here. They're just walking. Listen. <laughs> oh yes, he does. Just listen to the lyrics. No, you're wrong. 
Guys banging his sister. Why, why would we yeah, ever revisit a decade that produced crap like that? 